something for your mind. Did I introduce you to them? To Superorganism? Um, or do you know Superorganism? So. I'm not familiar with Superorganism. Remind me to show you that later. Are they obscure? Somewhat, but they're kind of emerging, so they might not be Then what are you doing obscure. talking about them right now? I'm really sorry, okay? Sometimes we talked about non-obscure things emerge in my mind. This show is a show called Obscure Diddy about obscure things. And uh, w they, there are two people that host it. Uh -huh. Normally, it's Ben and Thomas, but this week it's Thomas and Ben. It's Thomas and Ben. Right. Uh, I'm subbing in for Thomas normally. <laughs> He's here, but I'm going to be here instead. Right. Speaking on his behalf. This is Ben playing the role of Thomas and so, starring Thomas as Ben. So, so on, who's who? On this show, we we kind of pick topics that are... I don't, I'm not sure what the word for it is, but like... Obscure. Little known, not well known. Obscure is the word that you're looking for. Is it though? It's like... <laughs> Cause it's kind of like, it's hard to describe Ben's shutting off the refrigerator so that yeah. it doesn't make too much noise. Here on this show, Obscurigami. Obscure? That's where the title Obscurigami comes Good from. Lord. Oh my. What are we getting into wow. here? This is a hot mess. I can't believe I'm just now realizing that. <laughs> Alright, so uh, what, do we, what do we got going so on? This what do we have to talk about? We have something unique. There is a book known as the Beinecke Manuscript 408. Okay. It is housed in the... Yale University Library, the Beinecke Library at Yale University. This book is called the Beinecke Manuscript. Manuscript. Number 408. Number 408. And it has a lot of other designations mm -hmm. and titles. Um, the best known one being the Voynich Manuscript. The Voynich Manuscript. Voynich. Uh, V-O-Y-N-I-C-H. Not Voyage. Voynich. 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 Like, you've got an itch, yeah. and you scratch it, but there's no T. It's just V-O-Y-N-I-C-H. Hmm. hmm. Number 408. This, what was the episode oh, that we just, like, could not take seriously at all? Do you remember that? It was, like, the second one. It was a oh, similar yeah. situation to this, where we were we doing two, one. and then I don't remember it what just that was. totally went off the rails, and we, yeah, I have no idea. we hardly finished it. I don't even remember what our... I think it was, like, around... Gas turbine era. Oh, it might have been gas. It might have but been gas turbine. Gas turbine wasn't the one. Though, wasn't the think. one. It was around that time. Though. Did salvage one? Kinzaza wasn't that? Cockroach milk. Okay, soda. Familia. Fatal familia. Insomnia. Benjamin. Yapstones. No. Gregor McGregor. That's too early. Yeah. It might have been like, FFI or. It might have been FFI. Yeah. Cockroach milk. Cockroach milk was notorious. But that was just because of the topic. Yeah. That's, it's weird to me because I feel like that actually was an interesting topic, but it, yeah, there I just think wasn't so enough material. 
I feel like there was something else we should have said at the beginning. Well, what do we usually talk about? I don't know. We, we say we oh oh the, ban the banter. That's what we miss. Come we on, just give me some banter. We have to throw in some banter. So, um, how how's the weather? Did you? Uh, the weather looks good. Did you get stuck in the floods recently? I didn't. I didn't get floods? flooded. Did you see uh, all the fake news? I saw a lot of fake news. A lot of people contacted me, inquiring as to whether or not I was below 17 feet of water. For those for those listeners who might not be acquainted with the area in which Ben and I live, um, there was a lot of rain. We got a lot of rain in the area, like in six, short six inches in like time. A d 24 hours or something yeah. like that, a lot. And there was some flooding, but somehow, it, and there was a particular lake kind of in the middle of Lynchburg City that uh, the, the dam was kind of weakened it was overflowing they thought it might break so they had evacuated about 16 blocks of the city yeah. in case it broke um but somehow the national news picked up this story and were alleging that if the dam broke the entire city was going to be covered in be 17 buried feet of water in seven minutes in a deluge yeah. Which, for anyone who's remotely familiar with the geography of Lynchburg, the location of this lake, or just has really set foot in Lynchburg at all, would know how absurd that idea it's was. totally ridiculous. They call it the City of Seven Hills. There's a lot of hills here. There's a lot of hills. and It would take a crap ton of water. It would take well over... It would take many times over 170 feet of water <laughs> in order to flood the entire city. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, it, you know that news is sensationalized and you know things just get kind of made up or yeah. reported on like without any knowledge of the actual situation. But it's different. It's like a speeding ticket. It's different when right. it happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's You know that, that people get pulled over for not going that fast or, yeah. you know, they weren't like being speed demons. Yeah. You hear people talk about it all the time. Oh, I wasn't going that fast. But then it happens to you, and you're just you like, and you're like what? oh, it's totally different. Yeah. Funny how that works. So, so yeah, there was flooding in the area, which was pretty... The, the funny part was, it was actually pretty serious for the area. Oh, yeah. Like, there was... By the standards of the area. And it's like the second thing we've had like that. Yeah. Because we had that tornado. Yeah, it but was it was pretty bad flooding, but... Nothing on the scale that... Uh, right. And it got picked up, like, I woke up and Googled it, and the first article that came up was from the BBC. Right. The BBC <laughs> was was the point at which the tables turned, I think. Because that was, like, the the major news outlet that picked right. it up and yeah. spread it around. And yeah. Their article was genuinely quite bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Not sorry. Sorry, BBC. So, this book... Beinecke Manuscript Number 408, also known as the Beinecke Cipher Manuscript. Also known as... The Voynich. Vickich. Voynich. The Voynich Manuscript. Wittgenstein. Victor Frankl. <laughs> Manuscript 408, let's go. All right, tell me about this book. <laughs> um, so this book, it's about seven inches high. Thick? Uh, high, like oh, tall. Oh, right. right. Uh, it's not that thick. It's like, I would 
guesstimate about six inches based on the that's still pretty photographic thick. evidence that I've seen. Well, it's it's got calfskin pages, oh, okay. which is pretty common. For, yeah, that'll... It's a medieval document. Right. Um, carbon dating indicates that it was written around the 15th century. Okay. Um, and it's the binding is not original. It's believed to be have been added later. Uh, it's also a very like cheap calfskin uh, called limp vellum, uh, which is sort of the medieval equivalent of putting cheap paperback binding on a book. Okay, yeah. So it's it doesn't look like so. This is kind of the kind of calfskin book you might pick up at like an airport or something back in the <laughs> in the fifteenth fifteenth century. It's it's a very non impressive right. book outwardly. Yeah. Uh, but when you open it, it becomes a bit more mysterious. There's no, the, the catch about this book is there's no information about who wrote it or what it's about. It's written in a cryptic code or fictional alphabet of some sort. All of the text is, is not legible. And no, no scholars who've studied it have been able to been able to crack the code and figure out what the book's about. It is heavily illustrated. However, the illustrations uh, aren't particularly revealing about the nature of what the Voynich manuscript is all about. So I actually have here in the studio, I have a facsimile copy of the Voynich oh, manuscript wow. for us to look at. Um, if you're following along on the radio, boys and girls at home, uh, you can actually look at these pages online. The Yale University Press made them available some years ago, but we actually have a copy here of the Voynich Manuscript itself. It's called the Voynich Manuscript because it was purchased by a bookseller named Voynich. And the, the original owner is unknown. It's gone through several different owners over the years, including Holy Roman Emperor Rudolf II in Prague at the end of the 16th century. And that's kind of where the trail begins, is around that time frame. There were several different owners and people who got it from his pharmacist. The emperor's pharmacist owned it. Uh, because it, it presumably has to do in some way with... Uh, Pharma, pharma, that's the oh, yeah. outside of it. Um, it. It has to do something to do with herbs or pharmaceuticals or health, but also space. <laughs> so here's a, as you start, I'll, we'll kind of describe this for you as we go. You're looking at the cover of it and it's totally nondescript medieval manuscript. And uh, as you start to go, into the book, as you flip through the pages, there's a, a very strange sort of text. Uh, he uses one symbol a lot that sort of looks like a straight line drawn up and then it loops and then crosses and then makes another loop and goes up back down in another straight line that seems to be recurring a lot. It looks like it could be like a combination of Latin and Arabic almost. It's very, yeah, it's, uh, it's very unusual textual. It looks like, like some type of cursive, somebody's cursive script, but then with more like 
yeah, Arabic stylings to it. Right. It has that sort of, I don't know what to call it, but. The first several pages ha- feature a lot of that text. And, and there's, then there's illustrations of, as well of these sort of strange plant. And they don't seem to correspond to any known plants. Yeah, these are not plants that I recognize. They're not elaborately drawn either, and they're not very artistic. They look kind of like they look kind of like doodles almost. They they also they don't seem to they don't seem to be like actually illustrative. They don't seem to be like instructional. Like they just kind of fill the space and yeah and there's text around them but but it's not like it's not like they're diagrams of plants that are labeled and yeah there's not like there's not like a line going from a text to like point to a certain piece just kind of grow up and go straight through paragraphs or the text wraps around that's a particularly strange looking plant right there yeah looks like some kind of sci-fi there's, there's lots of tubes in this book. Yeah. And things exuding from tubes. That sounds sounds weird, but Google it. You'll you'll see what we're talking about. So a, mm. a few a few pages into this, it pretty much stays on the same track for a while. And then a few pages into it, it uh, it starts to shift in concept. Quite a few pages in. The plants get stranger as you go. It's somewhere after page 50. Some of these plants are like, they look like the leaves are like bugs. It's kind of area X. Legs. Yeah, it is. It does. It does seem very uh, Jeff Vandermeer. Ah, here we go. So suddenly we, we shift. That's a time wheel. In tone a bit. And then there's, there's a, a chart and a graph. And there's human figures in the center of it, and then there's text wheels of text around it. Then the next page is uh, bullet points uh, with three paragraphs, and then it uh, it continues. And then very unusually for the time, it actually has fold out charts, which are extremely unusual for. um, For medieval manuscripts to have fold out pages. And folios like that. It's got these these charts that look kind of astrological. There's pictures of the moon yeah. and the sun and stars with text labelings. Um, what that has to do with uh, the plants, the plants, no one knows. So you've got this whole elaborate wow uh, fold out pages. All surrounded by this text that's just completely cryptic. I mean, it just seems like gibberish. It, I mean, it could be like Tolkien's Elvish or something. Yeah. It almost, I mean, looking at it, it looks like you're right about that one symbol is almost too, occurs almost too frequently. Yeah. Like to be, it, like it's almost in every or every other word and but it, it it seems to take the role of what would seem to be like a consonant. So it would be like yeah. if you had an H, it's not like an E or anything or yeah. from the looks of it. It looks like if you would have an H in like every at the beginning or in the middle of every word. 
quite strange. So as these, these charts continue of space and of the heavens, they begin to take on a more astrological kind of look. You have people that could represent gods or goddesses. Oh, yeah, look at that. They're all in um, some kind of basket or bucket. Yeah, bucket or a tube. Um, there's a goat hanging out, eating a plant. Some fish um, in the center of this one. And you, you, you think, okay, well, that might have something to do with astrology because you've got people right. tying in with the heavens and different types of people. Some of them, some of these people actually have clothes. Most of the people are, are not clothed. More foldouts? Wow. More foldouts. There's a lot of foldouts in it, which is really unusual. It kind of, the... it kind of devolves from like writing into this, this section of circles. Yeah. Circles. There's like a foldout. So there's four like pieces to it. And there's just like circles of text and illustrations of people and things in the center. And the, the theme that kind of becomes dominant at this point in the book is naked women that are yeah, that are very cartoonish. Yeah, very like crudely in two senses. <laughs> <laughs> they're almost um they're almost pregnant looking at some points. And this is like kind of faint almost like pencil illustrations what it looks like I'm sure yeah it's it looks very uh i mean it, it looks like amateur doodles in like right. a school yeah. notebook yeah i can't stress enough that these <laughs> illustrations aren't like fantastic quality no they're definitely not they look they're obviously not the work of a child but they have that almost childlike essence to them on uh on recto 75 there's uh we begin the theme of the green tubes and specifically women in the green tubes so this this section is thought to be about um balneology which is the the science of herbal baths healing interesting bathing uh which i didn't know was a whole separate category of science unto itself but you see people kind of, they're kind of doing something that could be conceived as showering or bathing in some sense. Yeah, that's weird. Not really sure. She's kind of like tossing something or receiving salt. The Some of the tubes have like uh, scales, it looks like. There's some labeling, a lot of text at this point. More green tubes. I love this one. She's got her hand in Hands both. in the tubes. Standing in another tube. This like person looks like they're basin. being dumped on by a pepper shaker. There's this whirly gig thing. I mean, it looks like Edward Lear or uh, Lewis Carroll. Alice in Wonderland type stuff. I mean, it's very, like, fanciful. But also, like repetitive like he has like yeah there's definitely whatever it was had like a couple concepts that they kept reiterating there, there's a theme going on here but what it is i i can't really tell this is this is similar in funny sort of ways to our last topic it is yeah it has almost a similar quality to it because like, there's there's kind of a an incoherence of finding your right. own meaning out of it just, You're just kind of presented with this strange thing. And bizarre, a, 
a few bizarre ideas kind of repeated over and over in different different ways. Variations. Now we return to some of the charts. Some more star chart. Oh, oh, whoa, material. And this uh, this facsimile is is supposed wow. to be a pretty accurate idea of what it's actually like to go through the manuscript. So. And again, all of this is available online. We'll link to it in the show notes so that you can see for yourself and not just listen to us uh, <laughs> in awe over these. But yeah, on this, by this point, you notice that the, the women have kind of faded out, as has the color green. We're looking and at we're now like a, to full, like a fold-out poster, basically. Four, yeah, like kind of wheels of tubes that seem to be connecting and scales and stars and wow man yeah it's a lot it's very abstracted i think i feel about this how you feel about the time cube <laughs> <laughs> then we return to more plants more plants yeah and that kind of continues along that vein for a while again they don't seem to correspond to Real plants. Yeah. They're, I mean, there's definitely... This is almost a plant-animal hybrid. Yeah, there's some of them that look like they have... The, the roots of the plant are almost always depicted. And they're almost always depicted as being kind of weird. They don't... So they, yeah, they don't look like... You know how you get that carrot sometimes that's like... It looks like it has legs. Yeah. Or the, like, carrot that doesn't quite have a shape this is kind of a lot of the plants in here are like that so we'll finish flipping through it here can you imagine discovering this it it starts to take on more of a like recipe book kind of vibe there starts to be like next <laughs> oh, to the yeah. plants and stuff there starts to be like bullet, bullet points, points yeah and lists and things and a lot of people think that it's it's a recipe book at that point because it, it seems to be listing things as if instructions. But there's no, like, there's no numerical, there's nothing that appears to be numerical right. about these lists. They're just, yeah. they're bullet points. Absent from the text is, num like, numbers. There yeah. aren't. These really... page numbers were added at a later date. They aren't, they aren't original. They, they assume that uh, when the book was rebound, Somebody numbered, Somebody numbered it. it to put it back together in the right order because how else would yeah. you know <laughs> what order to go in? <laughs> I mean, it seems evident that nobody, yeah. no average. And the, the, the thing that's interesting about it is that uh, it was clearly written in a traditional medieval sense. So there was more than one person involved. There would have to be a scribe and an illustrator. It would be very rare for there to be one person who would produce a work like this by themselves. So yeah. the scholarship seems to indicate that there was a group of people involved, but to what end yeah. these people were writing? Yeah, so it's it's this very unusual thing. It uh, it bears the ex libris, which is like the this belongs to the library of... Uh, this guy who was a pharmacist for the Holy Roman Emperor, Rudolf II. Right. Um, and it's, it went through several different hands 
in the 16th century and we have correspondence letters between people yeah uh, they send it to a translator a jesuit translator in rome saying hey can you we found this thing uh when we bought the library of this guy after he died can you translate it so even in the 16th century they were trying to a hundred years or more after it was written based on carbon dating right uh nobody knew what it said yeah and could figure out what it was about so it's been a mystery for hundreds and hundreds of years wow um it kind of emerged into modern consciousness when this book dealer Voynich who's a really interesting guy in and of himself he was kind of described as roguish he was uh he started out as a Russian uh revolutionary before the Marxist revolution okay yeah so he had he had different he wasn't a Marxist or a communist in any way but he he was part of one of several movements to try and stage an uprising in Russia He's from Poland, and he was actually caught and uh, exiled to Siberia and had all these adventures trying to come back and ended up settling in London, where he started this book business, and he acquired it in a a large bulk sale of books that belonged to a bunch of Jesuits in Rome, a Jesuit sect that had the book, presumably from the person who it was sent to to attempt to translate it. Right. This guy in the 16th century who translated hieroglyphs. Um, But to the best of our knowledge, he never actually attempted to translate it because there's no correspondence to indicate that he did. He did, yeah. Um, And presumably he died without ever looking at it. So that... uh, And and all the modern efforts to... Most of the modern efforts have have come come up bust. There are a lot of theories about it, which are interesting and a whole i mean you can almost do a whole podcast just about the different theories a lot of people believe that voynich made it up as a fraud to try and create (laughs) because he was a roguish right kind of person a lot of people accused him of yeah creating this this forgery that's like oh it's made up in a made-up language and he 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 tried to sell it for the ridiculous price of like a hundred thousand dollars which was unheard of in that market yeah. and that time, that currency. But um, it's one of those things where, either way, it's still kind of crazy and impressive. Like if this, yeah, even if, if it this is was forgery. made up as a forgery, it's still an incredible book. That like the fact that somebody would go to that to the lengths that length they those lengths to <laughs> create this kind of work. It's like yeah, it's definitely if it is a forgery, it's a forgery. Of its own era. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it was something that somebody made up to, you know. And that that's one of the theories is that someone made it to impress the emperor and say, here, check out our, right. you know, yeah. our holy book of wisdom in this unknown tongue. Some people believe that it's a form of Latin, the text. Some people believe that there's actually a theory that it's Polish without vowels okay. somehow, <laughs> but that doesn't seem to correspond to me. Do any of them have to do with consuming copious amounts of of drugs? Drugs. I'm sure there's there's plenty of theories. Cuz that's that's what I think of when I see this. Is like it definitely seems to correspond to like specifically the illustration. I don't I don't know of anyone 
drug inspired creating their own languages although i know people taking certain kinds of drugs do report seeing right different kinds of lettering and things like that um but the illustrations in particular seem like they could be like the particular weirdness of the plants and that kind of thing yeah um but they also are definitely like very era specific so it's not like they're completely driven by if they were i don't know there's a theory that the book was the a result of a kind of speaking in tongues phenomenon so someone was uh under the influence of channeling a stream of consciousness or something right of that nature yeah uh, and trying to express that in writing. Um, the interesting thing about it is as ridiculous and illegible as the um, the lettering is, it's a fairly it seems like a fairly consistent. Yeah, that's the thing about it that, that makes me think that it's not something like that or right. drugs. Like there's, there was there's an order to it. Yeah, there was a, a like a, it's definitely ordered in sections. Amount, like if it was drug inspired, it wasn't like somebody took a drug one time and was like, oh, I have this idea, and then just started scribbling yeah. some stuff out. It was like, even if it was drug-inspired or s- somebody was schizophrenic or something, they still yeah. obviously like put a significant amount of effort into creating the system yeah. of language. And, and there would have to be at least two people. Illustrating think. these things. And then, as you said, multiple people. Right. So it was someone who obviously either multiple people working together or somebody who could articulate their ideas well enough to convince the other person to help them work on it or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of people who believe that it's a form of shorthand. Uh, There's various celebrity, if you can call them that, medieval celebrity claims of authorship or ownership. Roger Mm -hmm. Bacon um, is believed to be associated with it in some way. At one point, John D., philosopher, uh, was believed to have owned it at one point. Uh, a lot of scholars don't believe that either of them had anything to do with it. Um, again, people thought that it was a forgery to try and sell to the emperor. Right, right. Just to say, here's a here's a thing. Um, there's people who've created charts and graphs and ciphers and codes to try and figure out what the they might correspond to. But the there's so far it's it's come up with nothing. Um, that's definitive. Some people believe, believe it's connected to cult or religion. Um, possibly Asian language, like an attempt to write in an Asian language. It doesn't seem particularly. Some people believe that the Asian. whole book is about women's health, <laughs> because there's a pretty hefty section about women based on the illustrations the health and the the whole like it's a health book or a book about herbs or like a recipe book i wouldn't have picked that up looking at it like i wouldn't have come up with that idea right um maybe i don't know what those types of books would have looked like at the time right but to me it seems much more like somebody had some quack theory like was like oh this astrology stuff it's right. kind of interesting, but I have a new theory that's going to blow the lid on this it's whole yeah. thing. It's all connected to plants and women and stars mm-hmm. and 
they decided to detail that theory in a new invented language that I guess only a few people ever knew and then it fell out of existence. Yeah. I mean, some people believe that it was uh, connected to Hebrew in some way because Hebrew is a language that that doesn't always use vowels. Right. So maybe it's anagrams or something of that nature, but obviously it's not Hebrew. So yeah, it's a it's a mysterious thing. It's an unsolved mystery. Uh, there's been a symphony orchestra that tried to compose a symphony based on it. I think it would be interesting to make a short film or something. Right. Yeah. Based on some of the characters that appear, it would have to be something abstract and in it, its way. You could do a very interesting animated film. Yeah, sort of a yellow submarine kind of look the psychedelic era sid barrett kind of stuff there's voynich in all his glory but yeah that's the voynich manuscript wow if you want to check it out look in those show notes and yeah see definitely some of the cool definitely check stuff out the, that's uh, out there the and see if you if you have a theory to put forth as to what it might be about or but the pigments in the pages are all period. Wow. Amazing. All right. So we've come to the portion of the program where we hit the magic random button on Wikipedia and see what comes up. Oh, we don't hit the, the random magic button? No, we we dispense. This is season two. Oh. Magic was in season one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Last season, we would hit a button that would randomly, randomly produce some sort of magic. Right. But this season, we're producing a button that magically <laughs> produces some sort of random article on Wikipedia. Producing a button. That's it's quite disturbing. amazing. Visual image. I hit I hit it. I just hit it. Oh my goodness. Alright. So what we got here. Whoa. This is this is interesting. This is actually interesting, yeah. So we got a uh B the, the the best part of this, this is a pretty short article, but I think the best part, the key ingredient here is the name. Right. Definitely. BB Healthcare. Would you say BB or Beeb? Beeb? B-E-E-B-E. Beeb. B-E-B-E-B. E-B. E-B. Beeb. Bib. I think I feel like that last Beeb. E is I think silent. it's Beeb. Beeb. Beeb Healthcare is a healthcare system serving Sussex County and Southern Delaware in the United States. The Beeb Medical Center is a its primary facility and a hospital located in Lewes. Lewis? L-E-W-E-S. 155 beds. Adult level three trauma center. It has a birth birthing room, heart uh-huh. surgery, and cancer services. Some of our listeners may have been born there. A 24-hour emergency department. Founded in 1916 by James Beeb and Richard Beeb. There you go. The Beebs. The Beebs. Not to be confused with Jay Beebs, the uh, singer. The uh, article is called Beeb Healthcare, which makes me think that it's a whole approach to healthcare. Right, yeah, that's sort but of... But it's a... actually about 
the Beeb Medical Center more than it is the Beeb Healthcare System. Right. I guess Beeb Healthcare is maybe the name of the overarching entity of right. the system that runs the center and the other medical services in the area. But it does make me wonder what Beeb Healthcare, if it were a unified theory of healthcare, yeah, would look like. Like if if the Beebs were running healthcare, healthcare. in the United States, yeah. What would it look like? What would they do? WWBBD. <laughs> There's a lot of... It involves a system of soaking your feet in a series of salt baths. Oh. About balneology? Right. It's kind of like... It's kind of like... You know how chiropractors... Some chiropractors kind of think that they can cure everything with... Right, yeah. With, it would be kind of like someone who does like Epsom salt baths for mm-hmm. your feet mm-hmm. with the same idea. Right. Like they just imagine that it's going to cure your headaches. It's going to cure your, uh, you know, your subluxation of your spine, all that, <laughs> all that stuff's going to everything be and more. Of course, that's not actually what the Beeb healthcare is about. That's just, I don't want to get hit with a, you know, yeah, no. lawsuit because we're mischaracterizing Beeb healthcare. It's I'm sure right. Beeb healthcare is actually a fine healthcare. Institution. I'm sure it is. This is just pointless speculation at this yeah. point. So. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the people, the good people of the Beeb healthcare system, will be listening to this, and they'll it'll change their perspective on healthcare. And they'll come up with the net, the new, a new wave of healthcare. Their thinking will be inspired. Yeah, they'll expand their vision, and next thing you know, Obscurigami podcast changed the world. Well, then we've done it again. It's enough world changing for one day. I we've think. we've wasted another 20 ish. 30 minutes of somebody's somebody's life with some, some kind poor of person's commute. pointless, uh, you know, I hope, I hope you were doing something productive during this, like washing the dishes, cleaning your room, driving mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. Like, please, whatever you do, don't just listen to this podcast. Yeah, don't just listen- sit at a table with your hands folded, like listening to this podcast. Please mix it with something yeah. that's worth your time so that, you know. You're at least getting something out of. It's like a really bad vodka, right? You don't want to drink it straight. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. You gotta mix it. Mix with it in there with something. cranberry juice or something. And even then, even then, <laughs> if you are mixing it with another activity, there's probably some other program, audiobook, you right. know, something be you could be listening to. Music, right? Silence. Give yourself a break from. Oh yeah. The nonstop deluge of entertainment media yeah take a take a break do some meditation and let us know how it goes send us an email info at obscuragami.com go to obscuragami.com and check out the show notes click on the links check out some of the illustrations right of the book uh of the voynich uh manuscript thank you ben very interesting topic and uh thank you thomas you're being interested you're welcome